And we're live, streaming to you from historic Founders Park in Ocean Grove, New Jersey. We are Music Matters with Jason Tram, and we're delighted that you could join us for our unique podcast community, where we explore the triumphs and challenges of the performing arts world as seen through the eyes of distinguished artists. Today, we're streaming live for our first time from YouTube and from Facebook Live, so that's exciting. And we're going to be adding more platforms to our live streaming, so just stay tuned. We have a wonderful duo today. Oh, before we do that, remember to subscribe to us on YouTube and smash that bell icon for the most up-to-date information on guests and topics. Also, to see our 170 past episodes, check out our website with our vault on www.jasontram.net. Our guests today are a folk Americana duo of Sea and Stone. They began in January 2014 when Luke Dierkmer and Morgan Manson matched on Tinder. Immediately exhibiting a rare vocal chemistry, the two began writing and performing across their home state of Missouri. In 2016, they got married and began recording their first full-length studio album, self-titled Of Sea and Stone, and released in December of 2017. Ahead of the release, the duo packed up their home and hit the road with a full-time tour schedule. They shared the stage with several talented artists, including Jonah and the Lion, Tyler Hilton, and Hush Kids. They have played the historic Blueberry Hill Duck Room in St. Louis, the notable Stubbs Barbecue in Austin, Texas, the Mint in Los Angeles, 12 News Today in Phoenix, and Good Morning San Diego, among the many other venues. Welcome, Luke and Morgan. Hi, thank you so much for having us. We're happy to be here. So glad you can join us. And um, you're our first guest from St. Louis. So how are things in St. Louis today? They're doing better than they have been over the past year. (laughs) We're showing signs of life. That's great. Yeah, it is a hot one, very hot and humid, but other than that, it's going to be a warm one today. We're going to heat it up here talking about some great music, and um, so you guys met on Tinder. What a great story. Yeah, uh, yeah, we we matched, um, I guess, in like the fall of 2013, and um, we were both super busy, but uh, eventually met up uh, to play music. uh, in early 2014, actually, I guess. Yeah, it was January. like a few days into, into 2014 mm-hmm. when we actually met. And, uh, yeah, I uh, we talked about it, decided where to go, and I was like, hey, why don't we meet at uh, Target, which is in the Columbia Mall. Uh, it's a small town, so, like, that's, a, like, the place like one of the landmarks where you can meet. And I was kind of like, oh, maybe he's going to buy me a coffee in there, something, we'll chat a little bit. And instead, like, I pulled in the parking spot, and I just, like, looked, and I was like, oh, hi. And he waved back at me, and he just went like this. And he drove away. <laughs> <laughs> and I was sitting there for 30 seconds, and I was just like, what am I supposed to do in this moment? <laughs> Where'd you go? I followed him, which yeah. is probably not the best choice. However, look not, where it's landed not us. Not how you'd want your children to handle that situation, but yeah. It was not the safest choice. <laughs> and I probably wouldn't do it again. However, we pulled up. Um, it was meant to be. Yeah, exactly. it was fate. I just had a feeling. But um, we pulled up in front of his duplex at the time, and then we went in and we sang a song together. And I was just so impressed with the blend of our voices, because I've been singing since I was two. And um, in choir, you know, you're always trying to blend with everyone and sound like one voice. And when we sang, I was like, wow, that is not something that happens easily. So I was like, we need to. Do you both have choir backgrounds? I'm a choir director, so I have to ask. So Uh, tell me you do. I do. um, I always have. You were in choir a little bit. I do. I have. 
like if I was putting it on a resume, yes, technically I do, but <laughs> I went to a pretty small private high school and uh, I think the most people we ever had in choir was like nine. Wow. I think I was the baritone section and all my, our, it was, none of us took it seriously. And my teacher would just beat me over the head with like, you can't scoop into everything. This is not, so I, um, she couldn't break me. Luckily, I, I, I guess, but. Now you can scoop as much as you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> in pop music, anything goes. That's, yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. As long as you guys scoop together, you're in good shape. Exactly. Yeah. So what was your first song you sang? So we sang Poison and Wine by the Civil Wars. And oh, the Civil are a huge inspiration for us, even though they're broken up now. Yeah, um. yeah they actually broke up not that long after we after we met, but, um, mm -hmm. yeah. It, and it's, it's funny. We, I think we've only ever even tried to perform that song live once. Cause we, even though our voices blended really well and we knew it was kind of special, we also knew that it was just out of our range, like that big part of that song. So it's weird to me that we've, we've maybe played it live once, once and people twice, ask, yeah. and they're like, please play that song. We're like, <laughs> Not that good at it, I so I kind of forgot song, it. <laughs> but that high, that high part is a little yeah. out of range for you. <laughs> yeah. So tell me about your uh, the music that inspired you both growing up. What are some of your each of your individual influences? You can go first. Alrighty. Well, for me, um, I was in the choir background, so I always loved like choral music. And then as I started, well, I decided I wanted to play piano, so I got piano lessons. And when I started doing that, I started looking toward like Ingrid Michaelson, Regina Spector, like this piano and female vocal. And that was like a huge inspiration for me in high school when I started trying to write songs for the first time. Now, they were not that good, I will admit. <laughs> Takes practice like everything else, right? Somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> you got to start somewhere. And then um, as, it, as I grew and in college, I really kind of went to this folky lane. Um, a lot of it was also meeting you and kind of getting like a whole nother source of music um, where things started to be more like the head and the heart and the lumineers, um, some of those like folky pop artists. Yeah. So yeah, it's been a long, like big range for me and I like most music. So it's kind of good to have an influence in like a bunch of different directions and kind of hone it into what we are. Yeah. Um, for me, I, I was, um, I grew up on well, my first, I guess, musical influence was John Denver. My dad was a huge John Denver fan. Um, that's why, you know, I expressed an interest in playing guitar. And that's why when my dad bought me a guitar, he's like, you got to learn John Denver songs. <laughs> um, Good place to start. Yeah. Which I know, I don't know any John. I could maybe get my way through, take me home country roads. <laughs> but um, then I, I moved into, like, I like Jack Johnson. And then, uh, but John Mayer was, was probably the one that I was the most, that's where I started, um, going from music, just being something I really liked and enjoyed playing guitar and enjoyed playing those songs to where John Mayer's like lyrical writing, um, mm -hmm. made me want to write songs. And so mm -hmm. that's kind of where it, where it transitioned into something that I wanted to do where I was telling my own story. Um, and then from there, um, a friend sent me Ho Hey by the Lumineers and I thought, it's a pretty good song. And I, like the more it got stuck in my head, 
and I didn't really think about it. Next thing you know, I was like super into like folk music and stuff. And, uh, <laughs> folk revival. Yeah. yeah. My daughter's 16. She loves pop music and that's on her playlist. So I'm like, that's such a strange piece to be on a, a pop <laughs> playlist, you know, but she yeah. loves that song. And I, I, I grew up love that. So I've been researching them too and listening to them on different platforms. Yeah. Yeah. yeah mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. I love how like we can take all these disparate elements, all these different styles. Uh, we had a guest on here who's a famous author, talks about Beethoven, and and he talks about like the composers of today, like they stand at the wreckage of so many different schools of composition. They put together their own unique things. That's what you like. What you guys do, you put together all these different styles into something totally new. Yeah, yeah. and it's like the fact that too we have two voices. Um, and our voices are different, but they blend so well. We can, I feel like we have like this range that we can really go forward with. Yeah. But... It almost sort of, I wouldn't say it works against us, but it's hot, like when you're putting together um, something that's thematic, mm-hmm. um, it can be tough to, because we do have so many influences. And, you know, when you start writing a song, you just do what sounds right for the song. And then next thing you know, you're like, I, this doesn't sound like, the last thing we put out doesn't sound like anything we put out. So then you kind of have to either, you either have to trust your audience that they're going to come with you to the next thing, or you have to find a way to tie it in. It it can be a little bit challenging. But one of the things like we tend to use folk instrumentation. So it kind of keeps us in that range while a song could lean like almost a little rocky or can lean kind of pop. And with that instrumentation, we can still kind of keep like, this bubble around it, but give so many different um, vibes within, you know, especially this series we're doing now. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. so it, it, when you play, do you, um, so you play piano, Morgan, and Luke, you play guitar, obviously. What, what, other, what other instruments do you add to that? So, um, yeah, I play piano, he plays guitar. We have a mandolin player who we love. Um, he's from Columbia, Missouri. He's very, very good, too. Um, we also add upright bass. Um, we sometimes have electric, but most of the time it's upright, which is, I love those. Big Gives it that great color. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it's just such a nice tone. Um, and drums. Um, sometimes we have banjo. Sometimes we have, um, like a lead guitar line, whether it's we, acoustic or electric, um, violin, violin. Folk. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It's, um, it kind of varies. It depends on where you catch us too. Yeah. Cause like. If you saw us in New York, we have a friend who plays viola. Mm-hmm. She lives on Long Island, so she might be with us. And she was in actually when we first started. She went to she, was. she went to college with us, and um, um, she's then she moved up there and she's actually in an opera. She does opera so out she's of Stony amazing. Brook. But um, yeah. so if we're up there, you'll see us with a, a viola. And mm-hmm. then if you see us down in Texas, you probably see us with like uh lead guitar mm-hmm. and bass and drums and then in Colombia it's like it's like fiddle and upright bass and mandolin so yeah so you kind so of and stone has complete flexibility to do just you two both individually yeah. and then to expand that to a more full band i love that yeah, yeah it's yeah. it's so fun and it's it's neat too because we're so blessed with so many talented musicians throughout the country that you can always kind of have a little bit of a different texture wherever you see us mm-hmm. so so tell us about your first recording. And first of all, where did you get the name of Sea and Stone? And what does that mean to you guys? So we started out actually under a different name called A Simple Exchange. And that was because of the exchange of our voices. Um, and as we kept going, it was about two years down the road. 
we really wanted something metaphorical. Um, I love imagery. Obviously, we also write songs, so we love to paint a picture with our voices. Um, and we came up with Of Sea and Stone. And we honestly like took a drive. We were headed on to play a show, I think, in Arizona at the time, a festival. And we spent not much sea, lots of stone, but yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. yeah the complete opposite of, of George, despite what George Strait said, there is no oceanfront property there. Yeah, so I think I get the song now. Um, and we were just spitballing everything under the sun like, what, where are we gonna go with this? Like, what can we do? Like, I wanted to paint a picture, and um, well, we eventually came up with something that would interact. So, when the sea is coming and in, into that the tide's rising, it's going to hit the stone. It's going to either hit sand or stone. Um, stone is very stoic and it's very strong and very stable. Um, and in that respect, that's Luke. Um, and you'll see it in the way we move, the way we sing, the way we talk. <laughs> um, you also hear it in our songs, that strength. And then I'm always moving. You can already tell because I talk with my hands. <laughs> Um, but between that and on stage, I'm always moving around the stage. Um, I, it, it's all very like visual, but also, um, my emotions are, you know, always up and down and around and I have a lot of feelings. Um, I'm very in the feels type person. Um, and so it's kind of like a really good balance. And even though the sea retreats and it goes back, and kind of does its own thing and has its own feelings, it comes back together yeah. with the stone. So that image of them crashing together is both like a beauty in that what we can make together, but also kind of like we're very different people. So um, that's kind of where it's like a long-winded version of kind of where that I love that. It's so poetic and elegant and beautiful. And, um, you know, it really does match up beautifully with your music. And thank I just thank you for sharing that. Yeah, it's, it's definitely something that's special to us. And I think it like it's, I mean, just having that imagery, it's, it's fun when you hear it in our voices in every song we record. So. Yeah. So tell us about your songwriting process. Do one of you generally write the lyrics, or do you both write the lyrics? How do you bring a song to life? What's or does it change from song to song? Um, it varies a little bit. Uh, generally speaking, um, I sit around with my guitar and just play stuff, and that's where most of the stuff, um, the material, uh, starts from, I mm -hmm. guess. Whether but, it's like chords yeah. or a line. Yeah, so I start playing something and then you know, I come up with, you know, a theme of a song. And then and then sometimes I'll write the whole song and, um, you know, there may not necessarily be like a, um, from her perspective. But mm -hmm. a lot of times I try and, um, since we are a duo, I try and write from my perspective. And I, as you might imagine, we write a lot of love songs and a lot of heartbreak songs. Uh, so I try and leave. Universal human experience, right? Yeah, exactly. Um, but so I try and write the, uh, my part, my perspective, and then, and then leave space in the song for her to put her lyrics in. And um, yeah, and kind of give like that other perspective um, from the other side of the story, or um, even if it's still within the same theme or they're thinking the same thing, it could be like for a different reason. So it feel like it kind of like throws out this big net because you can get like people who are feeling one way, people who are feeling the other. And in a song, you might have both. So um, for us, like it, you, he definitely starts everything. And then 
we kind of bring it together and we work on it together. Um, unless it's, you know, a song from one perspective, which we do have several of those too, where the harmony, I just kind of lay in um, the harmony in the back. But yeah, it's a fun process. I think like we do a lot. And then when we go into the studio, the song grows into something, it evolves into this whole other realm, you know? So. Yeah, I get to do the fun part of like, I'm always sitting around, I'm like playing guitar and, and writing songs while she's like, doing our figuring out how much we owe in taxes here <laughs> like she takes care of the nuts and bolts while i get to do the fun part and then we go in the studio and and we self-produce most of our stuff mm -hmm. and she has a great ear for hearing like she hears little like things in the songs even like just clicks and these things that i'm not paying attention to that and so she's like doing this tedious work and then i get to come and be like uh i don't like that violin there and just like oh we just worked stress on that so <laughs> Um, I think I have the easier job too. No, 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 no. <laughs> you guys complement each other beautifully. I love that, yeah. that that kind of synchronicity when two minds are much more than the individual parts and make something really special happen. Yeah, yeah it's definitely. definitely, it's, we're a team. Yeah. <laughs> and it's cool that that bleeds into like music and then into our marriage because, you know, we eventually got married after I got him to date me, so. <laughs> And that must be interesting being a, you know, being a married couple on the road must be a challenge to maintaining your, your schedule and, and, and touring and traveling. And what's that like? It must be a real joy to share that with each other. Yeah. It's... yeah. I mean, the, the places that we've gotten to go to together, mm -hmm. you know, and I've seen big artists talk about it, even, you know, they could do a world tour and then they want to go back and go to all the places again because they really didn't get to see them. Yeah. And there's definitely that element, but being that we are, uh, indie band you know um and we can schedule in a few days for ourselves and uh you know so we've seen a ton of of this country yeah and um it is it is really nice to be able to do that as a couple but um by the same token it's also um you know it is a challenge to separate the you know you're working together all day and then mm -hmm. um and then you're a couple. So it's like, you know. So you have to leave the work at the door one of these yeah, days, you know, to yeah. kind of put down the guitar. And... I struggle with yeah. that one. <laughs> Leaving the work at the door and, like, you know, the the arguments over, like, something musically that, like, should this this lyric or that lyric or how should this sound? And then it's like, okay, but that's a work issue and that's separate from what are we going to watch tonight, you know? <laughs> what are we having for dinner? <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> Who's cooking? Who's ordering out? Yeah. <laughs> I've heard so many stories. We've had a lot of bands on and, um, you know, we talk about the challenge of life on the road and how really a lot of bands break up because of the challenges of the people have to spend so much time together. So that's really, um, that's a, that's a really beautiful thing. They get to share that. Yeah. Uh, yeah. And it's, it's fun. Like well, we have a legal road. contract, so. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. So tell us about your first song that you wrote together. Um, how did you get, how did it work out and, um, and what was it? And uh, how did you know that there was something really special there when you actually wrote your first song together? So our first song um, that we pretty much worked on together, you had brought it to the table. So what happened was we um, met and then I had a show a week later. Um, so that day we met, we sang together. And then the next day I'm like, hey, you want to play the show with me next week? And so really quick, like in a week, 
we're like, all right, what, what are we going to play? So we got three to four songs, original songs together in a week, which is pretty wild. Wow. That's crazy. Yeah, it was, it was crazy. I don't know if we could do that anymore, but it's like, wow, we did it. And, um, we, a lot of those, um, they're kind of our first songs or at least our first projects, but he kind of had them sitting in a pile like that he was playing on his own. And then we kind of rewrote and reworked them to be like two perspectives, like, be dirt, like our harmonies, add the duo vibe. And um, we had all that. I, with, I think actually our first song, uh, it's called New York for New Year's Eve. Yeah. At least that was the first song that was good enough that I still know how to play it. Um, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's made, it's stood the test of time. Yeah, exactly. Mm -hmm. So, um, and that was one of those four for sure. Yeah. And, for it, sure. and that it's actually out too. It's on Spotify. Yeah. Um, I was going to ask that. I, and I love to ask that question. Has that found its way onto live performances and to recording? And I'm glad it does. Yeah. yeah. So it was, and it's under our old name. Um, we will, however, and we had decided this, uh, a few months ago, I guess yeah. that we are going to rework it and release it under OC and stone. Um, because, you know, it was also our first time recording and we didn't really know each other and um, we've come a long way, I'll say. Yeah, the, <laughs> the blend has gotten better and, and just knowing, like, the difference between, there is a little slight difference between just being able to sing and being, even to be able to perform and then being able to go in the studio and it feels weird and, and like, not organic sometimes. So it took, it took me a long time to be comfortable yeah, recording music, especially my voice. It's also, like... When people who don't hear themselves talk a lot, which I'm, I'm sure you do, but you know, every once in a while we'll have we'll have someone um, that we bring on a live stream or something like that that they don't hear themselves a whole lot recorded and they're universally freaked out by their sound of their yeah, disappointed like um, oh I sound like that yeah <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah I thought I thought like Tom Selleck but you know. yeah I'm a I'm a tenor right I I have this tenor speaking voice and my son's got this great baritone bass voice and we do a radio show and he does I'm like can you please do all the voice sounds because you have such a better voice than I do yes <laughs> there is and it it definitely takes some getting used to I'll yeah. say like listening to it and hearing it back but now you're like He's just gotten so good in the studio. I mean, you can get things done in one or two takes, and I'm like, wow, dang. Um, it's a learning curve, right? We've had so many artists on talking about that, how just like anything else, it takes time to get comfortable in the studio. It takes time to get to to, peer, to make it natural. Nothing natural, nothing like in music is actually natural. It's all learned, right? It's like whether you're an opera singer or whether you're a concert violinist or whether you're singing like you do, it's all going to take time to get to really congeal and the uh, to gel. And the, um, I think performance of performing for years really gives you that, that strength and then you hone it for the studio. Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's true. It it's... does. And we, I mean, when we toured, um, we just got so tight. I mean, every little inflection, um, every single change it was just right on the money um and so now you know especially having COVID, that's something um we pivoted we started recording but during that time like we noticed a difference like compared to like we could just go in and just knock out a song in the studio because you were playing it every night on the road and you were so tight on that um that was different when when we weren't touring it was a lot more prep work because 
we hadn't played them live as much. Um, <laughs> and unlike every band that we've spoken to, you guys didn't have to socially distance during COVID. You guys can just keep on recording, keep yeah. practicing, keep rehearsing. You're like the only band I know that's going to be able to say that. Yeah, yeah we no. are lucky. Yeah. <laughs> so in a way, it's a, it's a you know, it's a silver lining there. So you were able to, have you done a ton of songwriting during this period? Or have you done a lot of recording or streamed concerts? Everyone's been so different with this. I'm really fascinated to, to explore how artists, how the creative um, artists have been creative during COVID when we couldn't do live performances or very few. Yeah. yeah, it's it's interesting. We were just talking about this the other day. Um, while all of our stuff and everything that we expected to do was canceled, just like I'm sure everyone is doing the same thing, we ended up being way busier than we thought because they all knew we were home and together. Yeah. <laughs> so, it was Good point. It calls and texts like, oh, can you do this live or let's do the showcase on virtual. And like the next thing you knew, everyone knew we were here at our home. So we yeah. were getting a lot of random, you know, um, fundraisers, which were great. And we had so much fun with them, too. Um, but just things that we realized, wow, how did we get this busy? I really thought it was going to be a complete dead time. Yeah. And, and then the uh, and then the as far as live shows up. Slim, but mm -hmm. you know we did. But there were a few. Yeah, we did in like the the neighborhood shows where folks are in their lawn or on their porch and playing for it. Like like I said, I want to keep doing that just because mm -hmm. it's a great way. It sort of shifted my perspective. We we've done house concerts and stuff, but yeah. it always felt like man, we really need to be playing in a venue to be legitimate. But sometimes it's hard to get people out to a venue, um, especially if you're on the road and in a new place. And uh, so, I mean, I'm not going to turn up my nose at a whole neighborhood of people, you know, um, just hanging out, wanting to hear live music. And yeah, and those house concerts are great. Um, granted, all of them stopped during COVID, you know, because well, yeah. it was their home. But now we're starting to have people a little more comfortable with that and kind of getting some things booked for farther down the line um, into late fall and spring. So crossing our fingers that those do pan out with you know everything and we'll see how it goes in the next few months but <laughs> yeah it's going to be it's going to be a gradual rollout I, I have my first concert coming up july 11th i'm doing a choir festival at ocean grove and we usually have between seven eight hundred singers come in and a couple thousand in the audience as it builds excitement we don't know what we're going to have this year but we're just so happy to be rehearsing again uh, yeah. I know and, I um, bet. and then there's such a, a void that like your heart needs and your mind needs like you know i'm so glad y'all are getting back together with it and all the but i think it's all music i think you know it's um you know orchestral music i mean uh, broadway and operas all everything has stopped so it's like yeah. everybody is just like looking and searching say come on we need to get back on that stage but yeah. um i think we see it all coming everyone's starting to turn those wheels again and yeah. make those plans and um yeah. What was it like doing the porch concerts and just performing informally for people who really needed it? Uh, it was really cool. Yeah, and especially like, shows. it was one of my favorites too. Yeah. Um, it was just everyone kind of brought their lawn chairs out. I mean, there was a, there were people barbecuing in their front yard. Like everyone had their cooler sitting in their, on their porch or in their yard. And gosh, it was a good time. Like everyone was needing that human connection and able to have it at a distance on their own like land. And we were on the corner. Um, so you had like all this street and all this street. And then you had people walking their dogs who would stand there and be like, wow, this yeah. is cool. And you'd have just hear riding it. their bikes or they'd hear it from their house and like go pop up 
a little place, um, you oh, know, the street, on yeah. the street. And we did have. All you need is live music and to remind people how important it is. Oh. I mean, because honestly, we, I think a lot of us, and me included as a conductor, I hadn't done a live rehearsal or performance in a year. I've been doing, I've been doing six to eight Zoom. I teach at a university and I do a lot of conducting, yeah. a lot of Zoom rehearsals just to get my communities together. But it's not the same thing. There's not the same immediate touch when you have people in front of you, even at a distance. I mean, it, yeah. it's a very special thing to share music. Yeah, it is, it, and it just there's I, such a feeling there, that connection. Yeah, I think people, it obviously was very easy to take for granted before, mm -hmm. and I think I think even during COVID when people were apart, it was still underestimated how important being around people and, and sharing experiences with people is mm -hmm. um, for yourself and just for like as a community. Just you know, as far as being kind to each other like when you can go out and share an experience with someone who who has a different life experience than you and the the perspective you gain from that mm -hmm. and just it's a lot easier to be nice to people when you have those experiences in your life um it's a good point yeah mm -hmm. i mean it reminds us all like what's what is essential because where would we all be without the entertainers without netflix and without uh, spotify and all those things that kept us all sane during covid yeah, yeah, exactly. i cannot imagine this in a different time frame like i can't imagine no facetime no zoom oh i think that's a different world <laughs> i think that's why the pandemics used to be even worse than they are yeah now, that's true didn't have anything else to they do didn't. So. you know i never thought i'd live through one but we are so blessed from the thing who would have thought that this could be even possible you know because yeah. we're all going through our busy schedules you guys are touring i'm traveling and all of a sudden everything stops and we've yeah. all had to i say everyone's become a philosopher during the covid period and uh <laughs> What are what are like some things that each of you have learned about yourselves out of this period? I would say my biggest one is just like human connection. I learned that really quickly. Even just having each other, like that's so great. But I like thrive on like being around people. I'm like I I'm very outgoing. I need to like have a day of rest, you know, too. But it was it was really strange to not have that like performing in front of people. And then my favorite part of it is actually talking to them all after and having these like moments where people are telling me like what touched them and like what was special. I just, I love hearing about everyone's feelings and like how they're doing. I love making those connections and just getting to know them face to face and say, hi, like, you know, what's your name? Those, those moments, like I miss that a lot. It was, it was very hard for a bit to not have that. We, we all we all get used to that that's like what we do as performers we touch people's lives and that's my favorite thing too is to, to talk to people about how the music interact and have changed their lives yeah yeah for sure. i think for me it was um it was sort of a reminder being on the road so much and before that we had lived in austin for a little bit um after we got married and so i was away from friends and family well we both were away from friends and family and you sort of get used to that, you know, it's, it's almost like being COVID, uh, you know, phone calls, that kind of stuff. And actually being forced to, to not travel constantly, um, it kind of reminded me of, of how important a lot of those connections are. Because mm -hmm. like, um, you know, friends that I hadn't seen in a long time, you know, um, not that you could really do a whole lot with them, but I mean, it was much more like present i had the presence of mind all of a sudden i had the a little bit of time to sit and think like you know i haven't talked to this person in a while i'm like you know 
their dad, I saw that their dad was sick, so I'm going to, you know, call them. And yeah. That's, that was probably my, my biggest takeaway is just um, slowing down and, and remembering to uh, ground yourself in, in something a little bit. That's, true. that's a great lesson because all musicians need that because we spend so much time in the process of, of creating art that it's very easy to, to lose those connections when you're really busy all the time. And that's really important. That's going to be, I think both of your discoveries, that's going to be really important as we move forward. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Mm-hmm. Well, thank you so much for, for sharing this with us. It's really exciting. So now, what, what are you working on right now? What pro, you, you were mentioning in the pre-show, we were talking about some uh, some really awesome innovations and some projects coming up. Tell us what you've been working on, these uh, multiple songs during COVID. Yeah, so actually, so we had the plan. We had all these songs. Now, we didn't have them in order. And we were just sitting one night. We had a lot of time during COVID, like most of us. Um, <laughs> we were like, how can we just turn this into and create this into um, a story or something that's going to like, you want every single song, you want to keep them coming back, you want to keep it interesting, instead of just being like, here's a single, here's another single, like, here's another single. And we came up with this whole release plan of an eight to nine, potentially, um, series, that's like a whole story series. So you get to hear each song and you get another piece of the story and it's one continuous story um and they're almost like episodes i guess that's really cool and you know this is the era of the elf of of the short release right everyone puts out a song here that i think that's really really exciting uh who who came up with the story uh yeah i I did come up with that idea well we were talking that her sister is doing the artwork for this because it's all line art yeah and um and she's we're super trying, talented. Yeah, we're trying to figure out what to do and give her a shout out. Yeah, I was oh. gonna say she's super talented. Kinsey Manson, um, she's on Instagram, Kinsey Lux Creations. So yeah, she she's done all the artwork for us. Um, she's very very good. She's got an Etsy um, as well if you want anything personal. But yes, yeah. um, awesome. Yeah. So I was looking at what she was doing, and we were just kind of talking about these songs and old correspondent. I just noticed. I just thought like um, it'd be really neat if. So it's kind of a scene or a set. Um, and then I was like, what if as the, I don't want to give away the whole story, but as it progresses, this Be vague. Set, yeah, <laughs> the set remains the same, but the things happening within it are mm-hmm. evolving with the story. So you get like a visual piece too, um, which was kind of cool because it's yeah. like another opportunity to be creative. Yes. And, uh, and you also get like, like it's, we're going to eventually, once they're all out as singles, mm-hmm. we're going to put them on a vinyl. And um, you still get that album experience because yeah. I, I still I like the full album format. I like Same. having a, a songs that... I miss that to be honest. I miss that with the today's uh, artists. Most of them people ignore that. It's like it's like uh, like listening to the wall or listening to like Dark Side of the Moon or any album where an artist painstakingly crafts this like curates this together. It's really a beautiful thing. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So trying to bring that in, not lose that. Yeah. But still give. And why vinyl? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, well, I don't know. It's just cool. <laughs> it is cool. It is really cool. <laughs> vinyl for a really long time and I like personally love the idea especially since these singles are all in order and they're all one big story 
I love the idea of having like four of them on one side and four on the other, and you can listen to them in order just like you drop, just like, you know, you do with the record player. You just drop that pin, you let it play that whole story out. You get them one after another, then you flip it over. You know, I just think it's it's a very like great way to tell this story that we're telling with singles and keep it relevant and modern, but also get that album visual um, and have our other idea too, with like all the single artwork being um, an actual piece of art for each song that changes and evolves and you see it, um, hopefully, you know, in the album itself or in the vinyl, we'll have slid in a piece that has all of those as like a booklet that you can see and Ooh, watch them change, through, yeah. flip through each piece of the story. So we've got some cool ideas in the works. Um, I love that concept. What a cool, what a cool idea and an image. And uh, we'll have to all check that. Everyone's got to check that out. Everyone, all the listeners, make sure you're listening to that. All eight or nine of those uh, different songs. <laughs> so tell us what um, uh, what does it mean to be an indie artist today? And I call this the era of the indie artists because artists have like an unparalleled way to get their music out with um, all of the streaming platforms and, and Spotify and YouTube and all these, uh, these, but it's so hard to break through the white noise. So what is that? What are some of the, the joys and challenges of being like an indie artist in 2021? I, uh, saying I like is called, it's, uh, goes, there are no solutions, only trade-offs. <laughs> and so, um, you, yeah, back in the day, you know, you had to work really hard and hopefully get noticed by the gatekeepers and then they let a very few through to the labels and then you might sign a label deal and then go nowhere. And, uh, but you had that label behind you too. So there was a, there was some value to that system mm -hmm. in weeding out, you know, white noise. Um, I think what is happening now is in the artist is better. Um, it's um, pretty, I want to say it's an even, even playing field necessarily, but it's much closer to one. And like you said, there is no barrier to getting your music out and having people hear it. Um, so in that sense, I really enjoy it. And I enjoy sort of that onus being on us to, to, you know, create, create demand um for our music and um but it, it is challenging i think i think spotify had gets fifty thousand songs a day added or something which is unbelievable just, yeah. probably a second or something like that it's crazy. youtube like there's like that too it's like oh. the amount of videos that get uploaded is ridiculously possible to yeah. comprehend it is yeah. like the, the amount of minutes is is an astronomical number yeah. that gets uploaded every day. We're adding to that as we speak. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So it's but I love the idea that um, what I love about this indie this indie um, conversation we're having is that people um, don't want a plastic artist. You know, they don't want uh, you know the country singer singing about X. You know, they really want to get to know the people that they're supporting, and you build an audience that that really wants to know who you two are, and they come back because of who you are. Right. And I love that that kind of realism. Yeah. Yeah, and I sure. think like that's what's so cool about indie artistry in general too because you're on and social media even though you know there's so many different things to be on um you're finding those people and they're coming back because they want to see you on facebook and instagram and tiktok and youtube and they want to get to know you it's not just like your songs are out and they can listen to your songs but they can also get a personal view of your life 
I think that's um, one of like like we we're talking about the final. Mm-hmm. You know, it is so much more intentional to listen to something on vinyl because of mm-hmm. the process involved in in turning it all on and setting it up. Yeah. And so, like for us as artists and the the type of music that we make, um, it's not going to be top forty um, radio stuff necessarily. But we know who our audience is, and we know that our audience, if, if they like our music, they do like something that's a little bit deeper experience, a little bit more intentional. And our stuff so, is very personal. And you get to make those decisions without somebody being like, uh, I don't know if that's going yeah. to... It needs to be three minutes and 30 seconds. That's yeah. it. Cut off that extra... <laughs> yeah. And, yeah, and we need the, the, you know, 12 to 17 demographic. You know, it's like you don't have to necessarily... Um, worry about those decisions you just make art and you know mm-hmm. do find your find your folks you yeah know? well i i was i was listening to ordinary uh, ordinary things and i saw over fifty four thousand views on that video and i saw you have a bunch of people listening every month on spotify and that's growing and that's exciting and i think that uh you're starting to build that real great core of people and so i can't wait to watch that grow yeah, yeah thank yeah, you so here. much us as well it's been such a wonderful experience too just like finding our people and like, you know, our super fans and getting to like have them and have a relationship with them. Not just like, we're not just looking at everyone as a number or as like a figure. It's like we have personal messages with people and we've been able to go out and get a drink with people or go to dinner with some of our fans. And I know that they really appreciate that, but um, we appreciate it too. Like just having that and building those connections with people. Do you have any stories? But I'd love to ask. Do you have any stories of maybe some of your fans who have been affected by your music? And uh, since you probably have a, people can anywhere in the world can see, do you, you come from across the globe? Give us some like what some of the stories you have heard from people who've listened to your music. So um, one of our songs, our top song, um, is called "I Love You Goodbye," and it is a heartbreak song. Um, it's I think it's got almost a hundred thousand views on YouTube. It's close 90 something um but it's um it's just one that just really got to someone like to everyone that has listened to it on a very deep level it's it's very heartbreak um i think most of us experience heartbreak in our lives whether it is from you know a personal like relationship or a loss of a family member or what have you so it like touched people in a way and we saw that grow incredibly um one of which was a fan in Ireland who personally messaged me on on Instagram, actually, and um, was like, oh, my gosh, my mom and I just listened to your song together and we cry. And it's such a beautiful, beautiful message. Um, another fan story was in Dallas, Texas, um, Jasper. He came to a show. He, he loved that song. He came to a show and um, he comes to see us every time we're down there. Um, and we got to know him afterward because that's our favorite part, um, <laughs> like I said, is meeting them. So we were like, hey, we're actually going to go to this other place and like grab dinner and a drink. Do you want to come? He gets in our car with all of our stuff and we drive <laughs> there. We're like, let's go. You know, like um, those kind of moments. Um, what else can you think of that is stories wise? We've had so many people write in on our Facebook comments, yeah, especially on that video. Yeah. Um, Ordinary Things was very similar, though, too, because yeah. it was coming out right after COVID. And it's like this song about appreciating those ordinary things, um, those things that really get lost in the shuffle on a day-to-day basis or those things that we couldn't do during COVID that were ordinary to us, um, like shows and stuff like that. And so a lot of people were really touched by that song as well, having 
all in the entire world experience the same experience um, in different ways, you know, and realizing like just how important those special moments are, the ordinary things that we do every day that all of a sudden disappeared. <laughs> I think it's so beautiful that, that the music that you create together out of your love and your musical synchronicities uh, affects so many people. And I think that's what music's all about. So congratulations. Thank, Thank you. you. Yeah, I agree. I think it's, I think it's one of the human connections, one of the ways we connect. So. Now I heard a rumor that you may perform a piece live on the air. <laughs> we we just that, might. Yeah. <laughs> what do you have for us today? All right, so we're going to do a fairly new song. Um, this is Little Morning Song. It is not recorded yet, um, but you just may see it soon. <laughs> it's <on>. Exciting. <laughs> Hopefully. <laughs> this is Of Sea and Stone, playing live. Let me just hit this one real quick. Just make sure it's a little tuned up. Always good to be in tune when you're harmonizing. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> Like I said, it's the humidity hot. around here, it's like <laughs> the hardest place in the world to own a guitar. Um, so this is Little Morning Song. Don't know how to keep my head above the water. And it's getting hard to breathe. It's give and take, it only has so much to offer. And I think it's finally seen When the curtain is drawn And the sunlight dawns We're the only thing that's mad Damn, I know he lies Said you wouldn't leave me words Don't tell me it's for the best We finally figured out the beauty that's come from cold. There's space in between. What we say and mean, it wasn't what we had, it's what we lost. It wasn't what we had. Don't know how to change lines we can trace it. You stab in the murder scars from the war that we've been raising are the only thing that keeps us hanging on. When the curtain's drawn, can you stay too long and you know it was a thousand? And every single breath is running through the head in that little moment song we used to sing. When the walls came down, we finally figured out the beauty was a compromise. There's space in between. What we say and mean, it wasn't what we had, it's what we lost. It wasn't what 
Just stunning. Thank you so much for sharing that beautiful harmonies, beautiful song. Uh, I'm just, I love to hear great music and I really appreciate that. Thank you so much for having us, honestly. We've, it's been an honor. So so how can people find out more about you both and about of Sea and Stone and where can they go to uh, hear your music and subscribe and support you guys? Um, we would love for anyone to follow us on Facebook of Sea and Stone. We're also on Instagram and we'd love a follow there too of Sea and Stone Music. Um, everywhere else it's of Sea and Stone and um, you'll find our music on Spotify, iTunes, Apple Music, Amazon Music. We actually have a song coming out July 9th so if you want to around the corner, that's exciting. Yeah, it's just uh, chapter three on July 9th. And um, if you go to our Instagram bio and click the link, you can pre-save the song. It's the first link there. So we would really appreciate it. Um, and on Spotify, if you want to give it a listen on release day, we'd love it. So it's chapter three. It's called We All Say Forever. Yes, so. <laughs> it's called We All Say Forever. And you can hear the first two songs as well on our Spotify, Apple Music, etc. Yeah, so for sure. I can catch up on the last two and then get ready for the yeah. next ones that come out. <laughs> it's exciting. <laughs> well, thank you so much to both of you, Luke and Morgan. And I can't wait to see where your music goes in the months to come and the years to come. And continued success and love to you both. Thank well, you thanks. so much. Thank you for joining us on Music Matters with Jason Tram. Please remember to like and subscribe on YouTube and uh, follow us on all the social media channels as well. Thank you so much. And remember, keep music alive.